0: Welcome to The Coworker's Podcast with Jesse and Shaney, where every believer is a coworker in God's mission. Happy New Year. This is our first episode of 2023, and I was looking back, and we started our podcast in the summer of 2020. Thank you, lockdown. This was a lockdown, baby. And this is our 65th episode. So I am praising God. We have enjoyed doing this so much, so much more than we knew we would. And I really want to thank you all for giving us your time and influence in your lives. It means so much to us. And up until now, we have relied purely on word of mouth to spread the word about our podcast. We have been very hands-off and just left that up to listeners to share with people that they know. And for the first time, we have decided we're going to pursue just some very basic social media and marketing. So I'm gonna ask you listeners, if you have benefited consistently from our podcast, would you do a couple things for me? Would you subscribe and leave a review on your podcast app? That would be great. Would you consider following us on Instagram? If you have an Instagram account, we have an account called The Coworkers Podcast. And I wanted to announce that we are looking for someone to help us with website creation and kind of a social media specialist that could help us for a few months. We're thinking around five hours a week for one month. And then maybe a couple hours a week for a couple more months after that. So this would be website creation, graphic design, some social media, posting, just helping us get all of that organized. We would love to have just a stronger online presence so that more people can get access to our content. Your compensation for this, if you are interested, would be an intentional mentorship relationship with us, just focusing on your life and ministry. So if you are interested in that, then please reach out to us. You can find our contact info in our episode notes. Now let's get on to today's episode. The first of a series that we are starting called The Preeminence of Christ in Every Area of Our Lives. From Colossians 1, I'm just going to read a few verses. Colossians 1, uh, 15 through 18. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he, Jesus Christ, might be preeminent. So as we begin 2023, whatever goals and resolutions and plans we all might have, I know that our number one desire is that Jesus Christ would be preeminent. And today we're going to be talking specifically about Jesus Christ being preeminent in our physical health, in our bodies, and the way we care for ourselves. In future episodes, we'll talk about mental health and spiritual health and our families and some different things. But today we're going to begin with physical health. And I'm really excited to have my friend and co-worker Brandy with me because Brandy is the perfect one to talk about this topic. So welcome, Brandy. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, friend. Brandy is the perfect one to talk about this because, first of all, she loves the Lord, and she's a very serious student of the Word. Brandy's also a co-worker. She and her husband, Greg, and their five kids have been on the field for how many years? More than 15. More than 15. Okay, I'm behind. Yes. Many of our listeners already know Brandy coaches people in this area through her platform, Fitness to the Field, right? Fitness for the field. Fitness for the field. Fitness (laughs) for the field. Yes. But again, thanks for being on. And let's jump into talking about this topic. Brandy, uh, you and Gray, you are both. Naturally, just active, athletic people. you like to get out, you like to run and cycle and do races and things. Um, you and Gray both, I feel like enjoy challenging your bodies, and it's a hobby of yours. And I think a hobby for many of our co-workers. But why is this important for everyone, not just those of us who already find it enjoyable as a hobby?
1: Yes, I do believe it's so important for all people, every human being. Has a body. And so it's very important to care for our bodies, our physical health. And actually, as you were given the intro, Shani, I love that you are going to talk about preeminence in all areas because my, I, I believe, this is my answer, is that we are whole beings. We do have bodies, but we are whole beings. And what I mean by that is that we have spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, and social. I would consider those the five primary domains. There's so many other domains, if you get into your vocational and financial and all kinds of domains, but we are whole beings. And all five of those main domains um, are important to look at as a whole. And it does include our physical bodies. And I love the passage, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, when I consider this and try to encourage people to also consider the body. And it's kind of like a little benediction from Paul. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body we can't blame us at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can't separate, oh, I'm just going to pursue spiritual health. It's so important, or emotional health, or mental health, or physical health, that we have to pursue them all. And when one part is broken, it affects all areas. And likewise, the good news is when one part gets healthy, it usually spills over into all areas. The physical is important. And you can ask anyone who's gotten sick, had a strong diagnosis. The physical is important. So we have to steward our health and take care of our bodies, especially M's. I want to see you out there living out
0: your calling and you have to have a good body to do it. Let's talk a bit about what we can learn from God's word about this topic. As believers, we have some things that we all clearly agree on. We know God is our creator, we know that He Knit us together in our mother's womb, that there's intentionality to his creation of us. We know that he created us in his image, which automatically gives us worth, right? He breathed his own life into us. There's so many good things we can learn from the word. I'm sure you're going to talk about um, Jesus having a body, which that in itself shows us bodies are good and they're (laughs) not inherently sinful. So we can be afraid of falling into one of two ditches, either caring too much about our bodies, where we're a bit worried, like, I don't want to make this an idol. I want to have an eternal perspective. I have very important work to do in making disciples and getting the gospel out. So I just want to be careful to not make it an idol or do it for the wrong motives because I want people to admire my body. That could be going too far on it. Or we ha- there's plenty of people who just struggle to even make it a priority, who just struggle with that self-discipline, who don't enjoy exercise or don't just naturally see good options. So how can we use God's word to think rightly about this topic? I have two
1: specific passages that I'm kind of partial to. It's I'm not limited to passages, um, but these are probably the... Two that primarily come to mind with that question of not neglecting and, you know, not even considering our health or giving enough time to it and not obsessing and thinking too much about it. The first one's pretty simple. Galatians 5.16. It is so simple, but so hard. And it simply says, walk by the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It almost seems too simple. But I do believe that neglecting our health is a way of gratifying the flesh. It's our flesh saying, oh, working out, that's too hard. Our flesh saying, oh, I don't want to eat that. And sometimes it's like our flesh is making all those decisions of how we should steward our health. Oh, I don't want to go to the doctor. Oh, I don't want to do this different things. But allowing the flesh to have say to where we Um, kind of are in a place of neglect or sluggishness, um, laziness, even whatever word kind of helps people identify that part. But then the other side, it's also gratifying the flesh if you're obsessing too much because you are gratifying the flesh of wanting to look a certain way or wanting to pursue health so much that you look at every single thing you put in your mouth, whether it's because you are scared of gaining weight or you're scared of um, being unhealthy. Some people go too far with clean eating and different things like that, and that can be a place of obsession. So I believe that both of those ditches, if you will, are kind of like ways that we gratify the flesh and we let the flesh kind of have the say in how we are living, but really it should be the Holy Spirit. So that's why I love that simple verse right there, that if you are walking by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you're walking in obedience and freedom, those are two of my favorite words. You won't go to those sides of the ditches. And then probably another bigger passage that is so personal to me, Shaney, and if I could take a second to also share my personal testimony, and this comes while I'm on the field. Um, I Even specifically, I have been on the field uh, about nine years when I really went through this season and I had had a few different seasons of overseas. I lived overseas as a single, I lived overseas as a young mom with young kids in um, Eastern Europe, both of those seasons were in Eastern Europe. But then my family moved to India and India was so hard. (laughs) So that was a huge move and a huge transition to the field. And my first three years was kind of like survival. I had five young kids, Two were born during those times. I was in language study. I was trying to learn how to live and thrive in a culture that was so different from my culture. How I didn't even hardly think about working out because I did not have the time for it. It was a season of neglect. Now, I will say, I do not allow shame to speak into that season. There's much grace because we survived and we returned to the field. But that was a big season of neglect. And so as we returned back and we started our second term in India, um, about a year in, I was like, I want to get healthy. And I did. I started working out, started making some better food choices, and I started to see the benefit, great benefit to myself, but also to my family. And then I just kept going. And over a season of about three years, I think I went from a place of neglect to a place of obsession. I don't even know if I was ever in freedom. I just went from one end to the other. And I did not know this. It's a slippery slope and it happens so slowly that you don't necessarily know. But it started as a good thing, getting healthy and being like, this has great benefit. And then it was just like a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. I would say it kind of turned into an idol and looking to the flesh. So if you can hear that both, you can hear a little bit of how both of those places were gratifying the flesh of like, I can't do this and neglect, but also gratifying the flesh of like, ah oh, healthier, healthier, seeing changes in my body, seeing different things and just feeling good and making that the end all be all. And I was actually doing a physical challenge. This was October of 2017. It is such a moment where the Lord stopped me in my tracks. And a sweet lady kind of was leading this challenge. And all it was, was you work out four days a week and you memorize scripture. I chose to memorize Romans 8. It is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I was memorizing Romans 8. And I just want to share the verses that the Lord brought conviction. And I love that my testimony is I was not doing some awesome plan. I was not doing fitness for the field. I was really just reading scripture and memorizing it. And that is where the Lord changed me. So Romans 8. And I say this is the reason this is kind of the answer of how this can keep us um, just sober minded of not thinking too much about the flesh. So or not thinking too little for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit to set their minds on the things of the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And this verse right here, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And. It just broke my heart because I love Jesus more than anything. And even in that season of obsession, I love Jesus more than anything. And I love that God just woke me up and said, hey, you're looking too much at how much you work out. You're looking too much at what you're eating and what you're not eating and all these different things. And you need to look at me. You need to set your eyes. You need to set your mind on the spirit. And that was October. And I will just be honest, Shani, for two or three months. I was lost. I had no idea what to do. I was praying and I was like, okay, but what do I do? I don't want to just stop working out because I've been there before and that's not good. And what I'm doing right now does not work. And so every time I ate, I was crazy. I was like, well, I don't want to think too much about this. And I don't want to think too little. And should I work out? Should I not work out? I was crazy. But I love that season because it brought me to my knees and to dependence on the Lord. And I asked the Lord Lord show me, and what do I do? And he did. So I love that passage, Romans 8, 1 through
0: 11. I'm so glad uh, that you shared that part of your story. I knew bits and pieces of that, but it just brings tears to my eyes a bit just to hear how the Lord meets us. He's so faithful. I just want to highlight a few of the things you said to review it a bit. Uh, Galatians 5, 25, that we would walk by the Spirit, not gratifying the flesh. I think if we are living every day surrendered to the Holy Spirit, that's going to help us. It's going to go a long way in helping keep physical health, exercise, all those things in their proper place. Romans 8, that verse that is so sobering that the mind set on the flesh is hostile to God. It's such strong language. It just makes me think I have the way that I've thought about this is when we focus too much on our physical health it becomes an idol and the and that's a strong word and god is very strong against idols i mean he tells us idols destroy us that they are that they actually trick us they deceive us they take from us and he has no tolerance for idolatry none at all and so And I think the reason is because idols keep us from Him. And I think that's similar in this verse. That's why He's so serious. When we're focused on the flesh, it's keeping us from experiencing Him. That's why it's hostile to Him. And that's His love for us, that He showed that to you. It was His love that He was drawing Mm -hmm. you back Mm -hmm. to Him. I've also... Had to really um, ask the Lord to make sure that I don't let this be an idol in my life. And the thing that helped me the most that I feel like gave me freedom was honestly being really, really convinced of how God sees me and agreeing mm-hmm. with Him. Just like finally coming to a place of saying, God, you like me. You love me. You created me like this. You say I'm really good today, just as I am. And I'm going to agree with you, or instead of just trying and trying, trying to prove to the world that I'm worthy, that comes out in me having to be great at everything. So, exercise and physical fitness would just be one of the many things on the list, right? I need to be an awesome Mm -hmm. mom, wife, missionary. I got to have a great body. That's just because I'm striving for worth. But when we agree with God and when His opinion is enough, then it sets us free. And it sets me free from worrying about well, what do my friends think about this? Do they admire my body? Do they think I work out too much, too little? It just sets us free from some of those questions that I think many of us can be tempted with. It is so true. It is so true.
1: <laughs> it all, all often comes down to identity, right? And knowing mm-hmm. who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I believe, mm-hmm. especially in this area, it's so important to know that. Yeah.
0: So just going back to the theme of Jesus being preeminent, What else can we learn from the example of Jesus? We exchanged a few messages about this yesterday, recognizing he lives in a very different culture than we do. And we both agree that's a pretty important point. So I just want you to talk about a bit from what we can learn from Jesus's life and how we could apply those principles to our lives.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, Just even the series that you're doing, that in everything he might be preeminent. Colossians 118, that is my little tagline, especially because if you really go into those verses and where it says that in everything he might be preeminent, everything means everything. And what I really like to tell people, it does include food and fitness. And Jesus Christ is our example, and we can learn a lot from him. Now, there have been times um, when I've gotten pushed back of like, yeah, but why do we exercise and why do we need to do this? I don't think Jesus exercised. It's so true. I do not believe Jesus exercised. I do not believe that Jesus ever did a burpee. I don't believe he ever picked up dumbbells or went to a box or even had a gym membership or anything like that. But <laughs> what you said about culture, it's just the biggest part because Jesus lived in such a different culture. He didn't need to do those things. I do believe that Jesus Squatted down and got on his knees to the ground and back up again so many times when he's sitting and talking with people. I believe that Jesus walked everywhere and I believe that he naturally just moved a lot. And that's just not our culture today. For the most part, no matter where you live, I will say I was in Kenya last month and people were walking everywhere and I was amazed. I was amazed. So I don't want to say this is for all cultures, but I do believe for people who live in the West. I live in Europe now. Even I know South Asia. I know that people who live in most places, they sit all day long. Whether you go to a job and you sit behind a desk, or if you work from home the majority of your time, if you're homeschooling your kids, if you are a person on the go and you're driving and doing trainings, you sit on the train or in the car for a long time. So we have to move our bodies to kind of counteract some of those things in our culture because we just don't live in the same culture that Jesus did. But I do believe that Jesus moved his body in a healthy way. I believe he carried heavy things. I believe that he ate. Um, natural foods. And I just think that that is not our lifestyle today. So we do need to kind of supplement with workouts. We need to supplement with healthy eating or not supplement, but kind of give attention to it because it's not what we're naturally doing. So that's where I can just kind of say we can consider Jesus. And I do believe that Jesus would want us to work out in this day and culture. I wonder if he'd work out with me. I do. But I know (laughs) that it can be worship and it can be um joy and fun. So
0: yeah, I agree. And I think again to go back to this very basic fact that God chose to have a body, that he was born as a baby. That Philippians 2 says he, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God, something to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So when we try to imagine Jesus's life, which I think is always super interesting to try to imagine like a five-year-old who's perfect and never sins or a 10-year-old. But he, while he was sinless, he still had a body and he chose to submit himself to the limitations that we have. So he still got tired when he was walking. He still got sweaty. His feet probably were rough. He would get BO. He would get, he would get (laughs) thirsty and have to sit down and ask for water to drink. And I'm sure he had a favorite kind of food. You know, he had a certain body Mm. shape. We don't know what, just all these things that I think is important because none of those were due to sin. And that just shows us my body And its limitations are nothing to be ashamed of. The fact that today, when I was messaging you, I was walking up our stairs, (laughs) 10 flights of stairs, because one of our elevators is out, and I was panting. And I thought, I don't have to be ashamed of myself for panting because this is the limits that God has put on my body as my creator. And we should accept our bodies as our creator made them, which included limits, right? And we should not fight against those and we should cooperate with them. So I think even that in itself it's a way to honor this gift that God has given us by saying thank you for this. I want to take care of it so that I can serve you with it. Because obviously yeah. if we don't care for it, we're even more limited, right? We're limited in how much we can serve him. We're we're limited in how much we can even enjoy the gifts of his creation, which I feel like are wonderful gifts. Yeah. That's just been something that I have been rejoicing in and trying to tell myself like when it comes to rest or getting enough sleep, it's not heroic or spiritual to try to have this mindset of like, I'll rest in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) because it's not how God created us. Well, you might get to heaven sooner if you... (laughs) (laughs) That's true. For your rest. (laughs) Right. So, but I do, and I know even with that, like, I would agree, we have a lot of urgent work to do, and there's plenty of days that we might decide we're going to sleep less because of an opportunity that God gives us. So again, we're walking by the Spirit.
1: So I have kind of three things in response to that. One about Jesus having a body and... Um, our body is kind of in that regard. And then even just our bodies aging, um, as you were talking about, like, yeah, breathing heavy, going up the stairs and then our bodies for the work were called, whatever that looks like. But Jesus did have a body. And I know you mentioned Philippians too, and I really love Hebrews 10, five through seven. It says sacrifice and offering. You did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. And then I said, here am I. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. So Jesus, like you said, he took on a body. Our bodies are so important, so important. Like you went through, God gave him a body as a baby. He grew as a boy. And he was a man who had flesh, and he walked, and he gave up his body as him doing God's will, and actually to bring salvation to us. So I'm so thankful for his body. We even remember that when we take communion. You know, his body was so important, and he broke his body, and he gave it for us, and it is the avenue of how salvation came into the world. So bodies are important, and just like Jesus had a body, and he offered it up that's um, salvation for us. We are called to offer up our bodies for <laughs> sacrifice, for serving the Lord. Um, we get that very clearly in Romans 12, 1 and 2, where he calls us, he tells us it's a, it's a command to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And so that's where we go back even to the first part of our our chat like our bodies are so important we should not neglect the physical and how do we offer our bodies as a sacrifice to Jesus what does that look like um so that's kind of like that area but then one of the things that I love to talk about is body preservation um it is not your higher call It is not our, anyone's highest calling in the life, but oh my word, the world tells us it is. How can we keep our skin from having wrinkles? How can we, um, you know, I have my gray hair, so I clearly am not preserving my youth in my hair look. And how, you know, the ways that we can eat and do this, and this is gonna give you more years or whatever. I think of medicine, all kinds of different things where people are trying to prolong their days on this earth. And I just don't think that's our higher calling. Now, I'm not, I do like even when we were joking about like, yeah, you can rest in heaven, you're going to get there sooner. I do. For all of our days while we're here, we want to steward our health so that we can do the work that he's called us to. So body preservation is not our highest calling. And we should not chase after that and give all of our time to that. But the way to, you know, kind of look at it is stewarding our health. There's a fine line right there because someone could be pursuing body preservation and trying to stay young and youthful and healthy. But really, it's um, it's taken it too far. But let's go to the right place of stewarding our health for while we have our days on this earth. Because we use our bodies for our higher calling, I would say our highest calling is to glorify the Lord and to serve him. And so specifically, if I can take some liberty here to talk to Ms specifically, I know that my highest calling is to glorify God no matter what. I still am, I am serving overseas. I praise God for that. But I have watched so many co-workers where they cannot leave, live overseas any longer. And so there. this is a message for everyone. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. Your highest calling is to glorify God and serve him and for you to be a vessel for the gospel to go forth no matter what. So I just want to make that clear. There's no shame if you've Um, had to leave the field for some reasons. And sometimes it's because of our body, right? Whether it's a diagnosis or different things like that. But if possible, as far as it depends on us and our decisions, we do want to steward our health in a way that we can be vessels of love we can be vessels of service and we truly can be vessels of the gospel going forth. We have to have bodies for that. We have to have a mouth to speak the gospel. We have to have feet to get to where we're going. Sure, we can drive and take trains, but we have to have bodies in order to get the gospel out and to pursue that calling. And I love how Paul talks about this in First Corinthians 9. He talks about basically discipline our bodies for this work. 1 corinthians 9 19 through 27 but just for the sake of time um i love that he says this i this is verse 26 and 27 i do not run aimlessly i do not box as one beating the air but i discipline my body and i keep it under the control lest after preaching to others i myself should be disqualified and he's talking about giving up his rights and different things so i don't want to take this out of context. But what I also hear is there's a time to discipline our bodies so that we're not disqualified. And it's not about like what we're saying and preaching. I know that there's other things going on um, with talking about rights and how we're eating and different things like that. But um, I do believe there is a place for us as workers to chase after good health and exercise so that we're healthy enough that we're not disqualified from the calling that God has given to us. So we don't want to go so far that we're just trying to preserve our body and we're making an idol, different things we've already talked about, but we do want to steward our health in a right, obedient way so that we can be our best physical selves to do what God has called us to do. So I get quite fired up about that.
0: I think that's great. I think again it's it's honoring this gift that the Lord has given us and he calls us to die to self. He calls us to make him preeminent. Um but there are some things that he hasn't asked us to sacrifice. And so unless he's asked us to sacrifice our health like you know maybe you're in prison for the gospel or maybe You live in poverty and you don't have a lot of access or education for exercise. In some ways, some of the things that we do as Westerners for exercise is a big luxury, right? I mean, being able to go to the gym, all that. So it's a gift and a luxury in many ways. But if we can have some habits in our life that help us to be more energetic and alive and passionate, then that's good. I'll take all the help I can get at this point to be to be excited about the Lord. And like you said at the very beginning, my emotional, spiritual, mental health is absolutely connected to our physical health. So it will affect our relationship with the Lord and our readiness to obey Him. So I liked what you said about body preservation. And I think that it can come from many things. Fear of death. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people are afraid of death, even Christians. I think getting our identity or sense of worth from being young and being beautiful and fit makes us strive to preserve our bodies, to not want to look old. But the reality is our bodies, (laughs) the Bible says our outer self is wasting away. Mm -hmm. All our bodies are (laughs) going to fail us. And any of us could have cancer right now and we just don't know it yet, right? I mean, we don't know. Our bodies are in so many ways frail, and no matter how much we try to eat healthy and exercise, we could have a a very sobering diagnosis tomorrow any of us, Amen. right? Yeah. And so I think that too, it's just remembering whatever the season, whether it's health or sickness or mm-hmm. aging, God's purpose is to make us dependent upon him. And anytime we experience sickness or difficulties with our body, that's what he wants to do. And I think that even that, he wants to set us free from fear of death by getting us to a point of facing it. And can we say, with Paul, to live as Christ and to die as gain? Can we? We have to. I want to. I want to be so ready <laughs> to be with Jesus in his presence and mm-hmm. not try to preserve my body as because. Also behind that is this thinking that this life is everything. It's like, oh, no, I have to cling to this life because it's everything. But it's not. It's not everything. The real life is after this one. Amen. Amen. All these Bible truths. Well, where are we at here in our questions, Brandy? Let's see here. I had a couple more for you. Now, do you think that this topic is harder when you're living overseas? And if so, what tips would you have for our co-workers?
1: Yes and no. Ultimately,
0: it kind of shouldn't
1: be harder because um, I do believe it's a message for all people no matter where we're leaving, living. But it's harder because usually we're not used to. To the culture. So whether this is an American living overseas, or I even have other nationalities that I work with with fitness for the field, but they're living outside of their passport country, it's harder because it's different. And this actually, this is one of the re- this one of the reasons I created fitness for the field because um, most of the time people are living in cultures that are different from their cultures. And a lot of times when you look at the main, I guess you could say kind of the mainstream fitness world, health world, it kind of has messages for certain populations. I mean, they just do. And so what I found, especially when I was living in India, things were very different. For example, my personal little example, before I went through kind of like all of my pursuit of health, I was a runner. And I had run, I had run in America, I had run in Eastern Um, Europe, but then when I got to India, that just wasn't an option for most of the time. I first (laughs) tried to run, and I got chased by dogs, so I bought a little spray, and I hated it, you know, and then it was also a safety issue. It's also a weather issue, and then the longer I lived there, it became a pollution issue, and so it was just like, man, I I, kind of like running, but I can't really run, Um, so that can be a big thing of like, whatever it is that you naturally do, you find you can't do in that culture anymore. It could be you love going to the gym. Now, gyms are popping up all over the world. So probably there's a gym where you are, but it's probably very different for women. It might be there's specific women hours or you feel creepy by the guys watching you, depending on what cultures you're in or you just don't like going, or maybe you're, you know, you have little kids in your home and your husband travels a lot. So for M specifically, I believe there can be extra challenges that life brings. And I know we're talking a lot about fitness, but I think food is such an important part too. Um, And that alone can bring challenges as well, because if you try to get a meal plan or a food plan. A lot of times it's like, I can't get any of those things at my store or it's only at the expat store and it's so expensive. So it can be harder. And those are some of the ways that I think it's harder. Um, but kind of my heart and something, I I honestly just get a soapbox about it. If God has called you to serve in that place, There's also a way that you can be healthy in that place. So please don't blame your calling or your country or your culture or um, the field where you are on a reason that you might not be healthy. And I love sitting with women and being like, okay. Let's see what that's going to look like in your context. I know it's also different with Seasons of Life. I know sometimes single people are out knocking it out, traveling and meeting and having a lot of meals with nationals or in their homes or in villages. And they feel like I can't eat healthy because my diet is at the mercy of these people. How can I exercise in the village? So that's where I love looking at what we can do and what does health look like for your specific, and it could be your your specific um, circumstances, like the country where you live, it could be your season of life and how much you travel and all the different things. But I don't want us to blame our um, calling on a reason. It's not an excuse to not be healthy. It is possible to be healthy right where you are. I love the challenge to be like, okay, what would that look like? Okay, what can you do? And I really love helping people take their eyes off of, I can't, I can't, because you could see, I can't run, I can't go to the gym, I can't work out, but this one hour, it's too hot, and I can't eat this, and I can't eat that, but there's a lot of things you can do, and if you kind of just turn your eyes from this side of the can to the can, there's lots of ways and options that you can have good health. And it's actually so beautiful. The Lord meets us right where we are. So it can be harder, but it is very possible.
0: I think that's good. And you have a lot of YouTube videos that people can access. I was just going to say, um, Fitness for
1: the Field is for coworkers, And if you have, if you're a coworker, it is free and available. And there's more than 100 videos and they're all categorized out. So there are workouts that's no equipment, which means you could use that on travel. There's even plans for if you're traveling. But yes, thanks for the plug. YouTube is there, but you could also have access um, to Fitness for the Field where there's way more and it's kind of broken out and a little more organized. Helps you know what you can do.
0: And I do think, I mean, the Bible tells us not to worry about anything, but to pray about it with Thanksgiving. So We can apply that. Okay, we can't go run outside maybe as comfortably as we could in America, but we can be thankful that we can exercise in our apartment or we can take a walk or we can figure something out and be thankful. I think it's actually possibly even more urgent for people to move their bodies on the field because we are under so much stress. And that's just the reality because when you move to a new place and you're in a new culture and you're learning a new language, And you have ministry stresses and you have the burden of lostness. Stress management is really important. And I think hard for people, it's hard for us. I think if we don't manage it, it can come out as anger and irritability and uptightness in our homes and in our lives. And I know for me and Jesse, working out is our number one stress (laughs) relief strategy. We're actually going to talk more about that in another episode, but that is one reason I think it's important for co-workers. Will you share just real quick how you have even used fitness as a way to advance the gospel? Yes. So um, as I came out of that
1: season, the testimony I shared earlier of God, what do I do? It, after a couple of months, he kind of showed me. Um, a wonderful ministry called Revelation Wellness, and I became a certified instructor with Revelation Wellness. Some of that was personal, but as I um, learned more, I just, the Lord gave me a vision for how I could use fitness as a tool to share the gospel. So as I got trained in that, I also got trained as a group fitness instructor. I specifically think it's a great tool for entry and evangelism um, because the way I lead workouts through my training with Res. Uh, revelation wellness. And just because of the calling God gave me, I personally believe that Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel as I'm leading workouts. That's just my personal thing. (laughs) I know that's not for all instructors and trainers, nor should it be, but that's what God called me to do. So I lead workouts in a way where I share the message as I'm doing the workout. Not 100 percent of them are the gospel, but um, I do make an effort, especially if I'm working out with people who are not believers to share the gospel. And then uh, because we're usually doing this a couple of times a week, there's other biblical truths and encouragement, helping people to think rightly about body image and discipline, change. There's so many truths from the word, but I love especially using it to share the gospel. And I developed a curriculum called Engage, and it's a series of 12 workouts, but you could do just four or eight or all 12, but I actually walk through creation to Christ. And so I share methodically those messages with those workouts. And then there's a whole guide that goes along with it. So you can do this if you want. All you do is invite someone over and you push play on a video. I actually share the message, but you have a guide to go along with it. And so all of the workouts are less than 30 minutes, but then there's questions that you strategically ask your friend, your neighbor, and you um, have an opportunity to share the gospel right there. So that's how I use it and how I do it in my life. And I've made it available for other people to use it as well.
0: And if time is an issue that you feel like you don't have time because you are trying to fit in workouts and community outreach, it's a way of doing both all at once, right? You're making friends, you're having a community, true. and you're sharing the gospel <laughs> all at once. So it's very efficient. And I remember when you started yours for the first time in India and you were nervous and you were like, I'm not really sure how this is going to go. And you still just did it. And you tried and you met ladies and you made such sweet friendships. And I was really encouraged by seeing that. So for any coworkers who are thinking, oh, gosh, it's a little out of my comfort zone. Yes, it is a bit out of your comfort zone, but it also can (laughs) be really fun and rewarding and God can use it to get the truth to women, and even as a way to just show God's love and care. Brandy, is there anything else that you'd like to share on this topic?
1: Probably the last thing that I'd want to share, I will say that this is so linked to mentality. So our mental health, how we think affects everything in our lives. You know, I can't really get into this on here, but I do kind of call the listeners to consider what kind of thoughts do you bring into your fitness? What kind of thoughts do you bring into how you eat and and your health? Are there thoughts of shame of you just... You know, feel bad or you're not good enough? Are there thoughts of um, fear? You fear for your health or you fear gaining weight? Are there thoughts of guilt? Um, and the other thing is a lot of times we have deep wounds in these areas and it's just worth considering um, because even how we eat or how we work out can actually be a great place of pain And even trauma for some people or heartache, depending on messages that you heard while you were growing up and things that you saw. So, again, this is a big can of worms and I don't want to open it, but I do just kind of invite people to think and know and recognize there's a bigger thing going on. It's not too big for the Lord. So you can bring that to the Lord. And you can even just ask him to give you wisdom, to give you insight and to give you freedom, because usually the freedom lies in working through some of those deeper issues. So. I love journeying with people. I know Shani's going to share fitness for the field. If that opened a whole can of worms um, for you, I would love to have a chat about it. I am a counselor and I am a coach and fitness professional. And I love weaving those in so that we can be healthy and walk in freedom and joy and obedience. So
0: that's kind of the last thing. I'm glad you opened that can of worms because I was going to if you didn't. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I was nervous if this is okay or not. (laughs) No, that was my last little thing I had jotted down that I wanted to just bring up the topic of shame. Brandy, three years ago, I think I was thinking like, why is shame such a big deal? Why? I don't have shame in my life. It sounded like a dramatic word to me. And through... I guess opening up my heart more to the Lord and just the Holy Spirit shining light. I think of my heart as a house with rooms and closets. And I just picture God like going deeper and getting his flashlight out and really, really getting into some closets that maybe had been shut up for many years. So maybe what might feel like sheepishness, many of us might feel sheepish about our bodies or even like exercise or how much we exercise, how much we don't, our diets how much we sleep, how much sleep we need. Some women are tired all the time and they they kind of feel, I think, low level shame about it. I mean, I was raised on a farm where hard work was the highest value in life. And praise the Lord, I'm so thankful my parents taught me how to work hard. I do think there came with that a bit of like, well, if you sleep in, then you might be lazy, you know? Yeah, or if yeah. you if you need a nap, then you might want to hide that from people because that's a sign of weakness. And so I just, in the last few years, becoming more aware, it just started out as me coming becoming aware of things like sheepish about. For some reason, that word felt better to me. But I eventually <laughs> got to the root of it and realized it is shame. And yeah. my goodness, the Lord meets us there. And mm-hmm. our bodies and the weaknesses of our bodies we do not have to be ashamed of. And every person is born with a body shape. Mm that then we are responsible to nurture and care for. So we do affect it, but we are born with one. I've been really thankful. And that's why I do want to open the can of worms. You need to address it and the Lord can set you free from it. And we Mm -hmm. don't have to be ashamed of the weaknesses, sicknesses that our bodies might have, limits that our bodies might have.
1: Yeah. And I do think that someone listening could easily think, oh, you're thinking too deeply. It's not really true. But Mm -hmm. if you take some time to get curious, a lot of times we will recognize that um, how we grew up and little comments or things of the world or thoughts from our own selves really. are deeply rooted and they affect how we approach health. Yeah, it, it can give us, that, that's where freedom's going to be found right there. Freedom's not going to be found in like, oh, I found the right place to work out or the right way to eat. It's not found in that. It's found in that deeper heart work, processing through shame and fear. And sometimes people are hearing that it's kind of like you you started with sheepish because you're like what is shame? But a lot of people don't understand what fear is and what shame is. But it is worth the journey. It is worth the journey to figure out those things and how they show up in your life. The Lord met me with Romans 8. And I think that if you just journey on, do I have fear? Do I have shame in this area? I believe he will answer. Like you said way earlier, he, he wants that dependence on him. He doesn't want us to have just a good food plan or a workout plan and then oh, found it. I got after it. I'm doing it. He wants dependence. That's why I love Galatians 5.16. And I know you said 5.25, but walking by the spirit, that is the key in all areas. Walking with Jesus, allowing him the preeminence and the say. So he does know our bodies better than we do, better than a doctor, better than a nutritionist, any kind of professional. And he'll give us those answers.
0: This was very helpful. And I think a great way to start off this series of just pursuing the preeminence of our Lord Jesus Christ in every area of our lives. So listeners, please stay tuned in for the rest of the episodes in this series. And thank you so much, Brandy. And you all go check out fitnessforthefield.com because yes. I know a lot of people do not want to go to the episode notes. That's all you need to know. Fitnessforthefield.com and you can find everything you need and lots of great free resources. So I love them. All right. Thank you, Brandy. And thank, thank you, coworkers. workers